and welcome to the first episode of the second season of Texas State Choirs Today. I'm your host, Jonathan Babcock, and today we are visiting with James and Ashley Cummings. They are from Jackson, Michigan, miss- visiting from Northwest Community Schools, Kidder Middle School, all in Jackson, Michigan. Welcome to you both. One of the traditions of the show is we always start out, and uh, since most of our listeners are undergrads, I'd love to hear about both of your undergrad uh, experiences. Where did you go to undergrad school? Were there any poignant moments in there? Could you talk about your, your experience as an undergraduate? Sure. Yeah. You want me to go first? Okay. Um, so um, I attended Wheaton College Conservatory Music, um, a great experience. Um, now, where is that? Wheaton College is a, a western suburb of, of Chicago. Um, it's, a, it's a college of maybe 2,600, maybe 3,000 people, but the conservatory has a full orchestra, uh, three, three outstanding choirs who have been to ACDA national conventions. Um, Dr. Hopper is there. She was the president of ACD at some point. So it, nobody knows about this school, but its conservatory is, is quite good. We got excellent training there. Um, and uh, a lot of professors who were just inspiring um, my music ed professor, Dr. Curtis Funk, um, is just one of those guys who will drop everything and make you the most important person in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I think that's one of the things I took away from that, ex- that whole college experience is how can I make my kids feel like they're the most important person in the room to me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and from that relationship, we're going to work together and do great things. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's one moment in college that was pivotal except dating this amazing woman here to my left and asking okay, her. Okay, so now we're getting the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is where you both so, met. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That, that is special. I, I'll just say that because Ashley's going to, you're going to hear a little bit of our story. She was, she's a year older than I am, and she was, uh, you're working for Dr. Funk, our music ed person. And I, I was not the music ed major that spent all my time at the conservatory. If, if there was football to be played or basketball or tennis to be played, I was there. In fact, the first year, she would, Ashley would send out all these letters saying, hey, we're going to have a music ed meeting on Thursday night at such and such. You should all come. And I would look at those things and like, well, that's not required. I, I've got, I got to play basketball that night. And so the first year, she didn't even know who James Cummings was because I never went to anything music ed. Um, and so I'll, I'll, later on, she was the, uh, the vice president of choir and I was a social chair. And the next year, she was the president of concert choir and I was the vice president. And it's kind of remained that way for a long time. No, so, I mean, Ashley, yeah. you're the one I should really be yes, talking yes, to. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, I, we, have, we have different gifts, and it's neat to have those come together. And we've mm-hmm. learned to work together because, as you can tell, we're, we're both pretty natural leaders. So to, to make that work has taken some time and work. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I actually started out as a horn major and was looking for a faith-based school that had a, a, a good instrumental program because a lot of smaller Christian schools have a great choir, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the instrumental program that I was looking for. So Wheaton had that. So I actually auditioned as a music ed French horn major and then decided that was not my cup of tea. I loved playing my horn, but I really, I had sung in high school, had done band and choir all the way through, and I just 
choir was more my cup of tea. So I switched and became auditioned to be a vocal major. And um, yeah, I was the TA for the um, music ed professor and just really, I wanted to teach because I loved music and I wanted to share that with kids. Hmm. And so I would say Dr. Funk um, was pivotal. He was wonderful as a coach and a mentor. He taught us a lot about his his background was actually general music, so we learned a lot about Kodai and mm-hmm. Orf and just all Dalcros and and lesson planning and I mean that I think set us up for success for all our elementary methods and then the choral methods with Dr. Weens and Dr. Hopper just just the full experience and their expertise and just learning and then we just felt super prepared. I mean, mm-hmm. student teaching is crazy, but we right. were we were ready and it it was a great experience and we felt that we had a lot to still learn, but we had a great foundation. So yeah. um, through the elementary and the secondary choral conducting, all those skills were given to us. And um, yeah, it was I'm so an glad to hear experience. you say that, though, that you continue to get better. Like the, the, mm-hmm. when, graduation is just the, the start. Point. That, yeah. that, that that's the ticket, mm-hmm. and then you just keep getting better. You never mm-hmm. stop. It's just, it's just a continual process. Well, if you want to be successful, you mm-hmm. never stop. We're still you learning. Like going. even this yeah. weekend, we were yeah. talking to Dr. Brinkmeyer at rehearsals today. It's like wow, we still there's so mm-hmm. much to to learn from others. It's and that's kind of the great thing about being a teacher and a musician. Yeah. Now, uh, you're teaching in middle school. Have you always been drawn to middle school? Okay. Well, I, I was going to so continue learning, graduate from, from college, and I was pretty sure I was going to be God's gift to high school choral, the choral world. Here I come. And I, I interviewed for two or three jobs and came in second on all of those jobs, and somebody with experience got them. And here I am married, and I don't have a job. I'm thinking, I need, and so I got this great job in Naperville, District 204. Um, it's, a, it's a place, they were building new elementary schools every year, right? And, and I got a job at an elementary school, and I thought, man, what, what has just happened? And there was, a, there was two years of just humble, being, learning humility and thinking, but, but working my tail off and learning, boy, if you can teach elementary and learn the process of sequencing the learning and what's the, what's the simplest I can make this and what's the next level of advancement to make that a little more challenging and we're going to, those kids are amazing. We, I learned so much about lesson planning and, and how to use every moment of 30 minutes you know, for all those kids. And it was, it was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me. And, um, you know, so many, uh, the, you know, the kids always, of course, high school is the sexiest one. Everybody, yes, everybody yeah, wants yeah. to go and be yep. a high school director. Yep. But I'm glad I didn't start as high school because you yeah. have to produce when there's high school, yeah. when you have a high school. And there's so, you know, how do you get 80 kids into a room, sit down with their music and start on time. Yep. That's a skill that you got to sort out before yep. you can do everything else. So, yeah, I had a similar uh, situation of going in middle school and yeah. just being very humble. And, yeah. you know, th- that feeling of, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. don't know what the answer is. And yeah. then going from there. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good for students to realize we all were there once. Yeah, we, we all we, we were in pain once, and we, we all questioned whether this was what yeah. we wanted to do. Yes. It, it, it's it, it's it's a tough one, but it, uh, uh, but 
the second year is always better, mm-hmm. and then the third year is always better. It's yep. just, and then you know, uh, the 25th year, speaking for myself, gets even better. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it's just it's, we, we just continue to grow and grow. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about teaching middle school. What, what's your favorite thing about teaching youngsters in that uh, age group? Um, these middle schoolers have so much potential to be amazing, and I think. I think they're overlooked. One of my pet peeves is, oh, that was a nice performance for a middle school choir. Mm, I'm thinking, I hate that. I'm yeah, like, I are you kidding me? These guys, these guys are artists, and they are passionate people, and they have so many emotions. And so if I can get them to be super smart and take their emotions and fuse that and say, make, make for amazing performance, you're, you're artists. Um, they do things that just blow me away. And, and sometimes I will stop and I'll say, guys, people pay me to hear you sing. <laughs> I got the best gig in the whole world. And, um, and it, it's just, it's so exciting to, and, s- to see them do that. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. that. That is a big pet peeve of mine. They, they are so good for kids. Yeah. Why do you have to put the qualifier in there? Yeah. Either it's good or it's, it's not. not. And, yeah. and ch- children can do amazing Yes. Things. Incredible. I mean, they can uh, because they haven't learned. I can't yet. Yeah. Just you want me to do do that? Okay. Then uh, so there, there, there is a lot of greatness in that. What are some of the challenges though of teaching middle school? Oh, where do we start? There's, I guess, there's so many challenges. Um, I think there's there's the art of teaching. You've got your lesson plan, and you've and and then kids come in and something crazy just happened, right? And you, you have to take care of what just happened in the hallway or whatever, because they they can't just turn that off. How, how can you come into the room and, and gather all of these minds who have been coming all over the place and say we're going to do something right now that's special together? So creating a safe place in your classroom where where, where we can we can do great things um, m- social media has made things really tough um, mm-hmm. just because there's so much kids say like did did you really need to to share that thought right now or um, and I think too that the inst for I can't imagine as a young teacher it's still hard now the information that gets to parents so quickly about what just happened and and the parents then instantly emailing me with their concern about, and why didn't she get back to me right now? So navigating, navigating all of that social technology realm, um, I think can be really challenging. And, 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 and but maintaining a positive, you know, uh, spirit about the whole thing can be really challenging because uh, parents can say things online about you or about a situation that like. Man, you weren't there. You, right. You're gonna you're mm-hmm. gonna go there. You're, or you're gonna take that person's word for it, and now you're gonna share it with the whole world. Um, go ahead. I, yeah. Well, I was gonna say this kind of leads into the the immaturity, maturity right. mix mm-hmm. of your middle schoolers. So they come in very much elementary kids still, but by the end of sixth grade, they're full. You know, full-blown puberty, adolescence. Yeah. They've got adult bodies. Which, yeah. which way is up? I don't know. I'm emotional this day. I'm. I'm fine this day. I'm stoic mm-hmm. this day. I don't care. I do care in a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And so, again, that, I think that enters into the whole social, social media 
so hard on them and they don't have the wisdom and the maturity to 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 work through their emotions and so put you're it trying away. to yeah. put it away and so you're trying to help them learn responsibility and to make mature decisions and navigate life and everything's topsy turvy and in a yeah. world that's moving so much yeah. fast faster and faster too fast for us mm-hmm. uh, yet we need still need to catch them yeah. in in the net somewhere yeah. too yeah. and get them you know I, I love how you said the word safe space and you know the music room I, I know when I was growing up the music room was my safe space yeah and you know n- not only safe in that I felt safe from the rest of the world and I could escape there but safe in that I felt open to express myself mm-hmm. and uh, open to experience music in a way that uh, brought me joy and I feel, felt safe to uh, feel that joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I imagine that's uh, what you're talking about yeah. in terms of a, a safe space is just this is where everybody likes to be. And yeah, we care about each other. We're we gonna support love, each other. Yeah, we're going to love and respect one another. Um, in this room, and we're going to treat each other in kindness. And we can work together. Yeah. We can be that team. We can yeah. be that family and, yep. and um, accomplish great things because we can do this together, right? Right. That, yeah. that idea of pulling in a lot of kids from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different talents and abilities. And, you know, they can be – often kids can be successful in the music room, and mm-hmm. they're not necessarily successful other places, but they can be there. Yeah. And so, that's – a lot of times – that's the kid that wouldn't come to school yeah. unless they were had music. They yeah. wouldn't be there unless they they had that musical. I find myself wanting to lead the conversation towards more musical, but it all it occurs to me that we can't talk about the musical stuff until we settle those things. We yeah. we can't get them singing notes yep. until they feel safe. They feel trust, and yep. and and getting that. Into the into your room. How long have you been teaching, both of you? How long have you been at this? Um, well, you just hit twenty years at Jackson, but yeah. you had taught two years before that in Chicago. So, so I guess 20, twenty-two years. Twenty-two years. Yeah. yeah. So tw- I guess twenty years at the middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a good, and I, I I had it so well off the first two or three years. My high school teacher hired me out of Chicago back to a small town in Jackson, about 40,000. Our school, our middle school is maybe seven, 800. And she said, okay, here's what's going to happen for the first two years. I'm going to teach the first sixth grade class. You're going to teach the second sixth grade class. And then we're going to talk about it. And she, he's a master teacher and um, was the, like the president of MSVMA in Michigan. And it's just, so I got a, a second round of student teaching, but this time I got paid. And she, mm-hmm. a lot of what I did, I, I got to mention her name, Wendy Lake Treacher, a lot of what I do was a result of her influence for those two years as we discussed, here's what happened, here's what didn't work, here's what did work, okay, next day, let's, let's do it again. Um, so she was a big influence there. And then, you, you know this, all your life you're, you're watching other conductors and other people work and you're like, that's a great idea. I love the way you said that. I'm going to use that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to conferences because no one in your school, at least in Michigan, you're the only one teaching music in your school. You, you can't go next door to another choir teacher and say, hey, how do you do that? How are you going to do that? So the conferences of the music organization that you're a part of is your family, is your network, is your way of 
how do you do this? And or taking kids to festivals where, you know, six judges watch you work. I mean, the choir gets a grade, but really it's more a reflection on you and your ability to work with those kids. And so, man, you, you soak up all of that knowledge and all those things that they're trying to invest in you and try to give it back to your kids. Right. Uh, this is a little awkward, Ian. We're just going to cut here somewhere. I'd like to talk about that that uh, competition or festival okay. idea that you were just just going on and and talking about the value of uh, of those you know we always ride the wire of we want good feedback from mm-hmm. our choir we want to get something uh, out of it and learn something new and that's the one way to do that it, yeah. it, you know we get like you said we're all in our own little world uh, this is the first job I've ever had in my life that I wasn't the only choir teacher yeah. in the building. So you don't know what other people are doing. So that that's the positive time, side of doing these festivals. Mm-hmm. But then there's that side where they have to give the score yeah. and the medal. Yeah. And, and, you know, all the, how do you balance that with your choir to keep that uh, uh, healthy? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. You go ahead, but well, I, I just want to speak to this a little bit just because just in visiting with a couple of the students, we are not from Texas, and it seems like the Texas world is a lot different than how it is in Michigan because I feel like MSVMA has worked very hard. We go to festival, and you do get a score, and you get a rating, but they, especially in the last, what, five years, they've moved to this rubric system mm-hmm. where it really is training and teaching and just kind of showing you where you can grow. And it's it's less about the competition and more about personal growth for your choir. In fact, and for you. it isn't. We would never yeah, we, say it's never, a competition because no. every choir there can earn the same score, right? And so right. There, there's right. never like, oh, this choir was the best choir here. You know, I, I imagine judges would could say like, oh, we really love this choir, but nobody does that. And so, it's more of a, a family atmosphere. In fact, I make sure that my choirs get to a festival at least an hour or two before. We get there. I want them in the auditorium. I want them listening to other choirs and yes. hearing from them and saying, "What did you love about that? Oh, did you see this?" And and we're gonna we're gonna learn concert etiquette. We're gonna we're gonna applaud everything they do. You might have ideas what you want to do differently, but we're gonna applaud what they've done. And so I I don't ever get the feeling like you know oh we're better than you or we really showed you up. That that's not the way we're doing it in Michigan. And again, that rubric that we have is is really an amazing tool for here. So the rubric, it breaks things down. Yeah, we, it has like it. the tone, the diction, the pitch, the the interpretation, the um, the way you entered and exited, the facial expressions, the balance with the accompanist, and it's all laid out what makes a great choral performance. And, uh, and the it's just a fantastic tool uh, to receive four different judges circling and, and giving feedback that we get. And then a, a clinic time with one of those judges that said, here's what you did so well. Here's some things I'd like you to do to, to grow and get better. And, of course, then we go into a sight reading room, which I think is so important that we teach kids to read music. Absolutely. Um, but you know, getting into that whole, there, there, there is not a, it's not a competition. We, we would, we, we, in fact, our, our Jenny Kerwin, MSV, she would never let us say competition. It's a festival. And we're going to get together and we're going to learn from each other and learn from these amazing clinicians who are there. I, th- that's the most healthy way to, to look. Everybody has their own 
every state has their own systems and yeah. their own problems and their own, uh, you know, the, the positive attributes. But I think I, I think it always comes down to the teacher mm-hmm. and how they're focused. That you know, growing up in New York, you know, it was with a gold, silver, bronze system, and you know, the, the, there's there's kids out there. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get a gold, and I have to get a gold, and yeah. and. That's always been a little bit of a turnoff for me. I, I would rather just, you know, let me do a half-hour clinic with your yeah. choir and let's just forget that well, part. And yeah. you can do that, too. You can go for comments only. No score. You, you can choose that. Um, I, I, kind of, I kind of like it, only not, not to say, I mean, you want to set a, a goal and a standard and, and go for that. And so it's that whole dichotomy of, I'm happy with who I am, and I want, at the same time, I want to continue growing. And so this festival is just a simple marker of, here's what we did on this particular day in this particular moment. And sometimes we can listen to ourselves. In fact, I don't even give the scores. The kids don't even know the score until the next day of school. They're, nice. they're begging Good. all weekend, right? Mm-hmm. What score? And then when we, get, when we get back to our classroom, they're, what we get? What we get? I said, well, you're going to figure that out. And I play their, their recordings. I give them all judges sheets. And we, we judge ourselves first, right? I love and that. Then, and then we kind of figure out, well, based on what you all thought, we probably scored here or here. And they'll say, okay, now we know what we think of ourselves. Let's figure out what the judges thought. And a lot of times the, the kids will be harder on themselves of than the course. judges, sure. which is a great place to be, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great place to be. And uh, so that's... That's really gratifying to the judges, uh, to the kids. Wow. Okay. And and they learn how to assess themselves and to rightly think about themselves, um, which is a good thing for kids to learn. Because you know you've seen mm. people who think they're so good, and you're thinking, well, you're, you're okay. And the other kids like, oh, I I'm not that good at all, and and they're amazing. We have to learn how to teach kids to rightly assess their their skills and where they where they're good, and to acknowledge that humbly, and then say, "Where can I grow?" Absolutely, and what a way to create even more of a learning opportunity out yeah. of it. I mean, yeah. for students to learn to assess is is something in our you know the national standards, but it's so hard to find those opportunities. Yeah. That's one of those times that's, how do I get that in? I, I love that. I love yeah. that you do that. That's, that's really smart. One of the biggest uh, challenges of middle school, just in terms of singing, is the boys changing voice. That mm. a- a- every day it's a different story, and you know, some of them they're your best soprano, and then they come in the next day and they're a bass. So, the, uh, how many guys do you have in your choir? Ah, uh, that's a good question. So, uh, well, maybe you should explain how you arrange your choirs. Yeah. Okay. So, in sixth grade. Um, it's it's all like y'all come sixth grade. There's about a hundred voices, and it's boys boys girls. We just sing because most of those boys are unchanged voices. 
Um, and so we, we sing, and if your voice drops, then just sing it down the octave, and mm-hmm. we're going to make great sounds. In seventh and eighth grade, this, there's all the seventh grade, grade uh, TB voices are together. We call it S choir. E for eighth grade, S for seventh grade, and then choir, but S choir, like a nobleman in training oh, to become a knight. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's about 40, 40 guys, and sometimes, um, yeah. And then the I have a seventh grade all trouble voice and an eighth grade all trouble voice, and those are um, all ladies, and, and we do good things there. So that that's been last five years or so, and it's been great. A huge successful change yeah right if you're it, talking about middle schoolers and mm. helping them focus having gender-based choirs has been a huge yeah I've, found that. I've seen that too that mm-hmm. it, it just keeps focused more and and it, again the hormones yeah. Yeah, yeah and then getting back to the male changing voice it allows those boys to have the flexibility to all be in that process together mm-hmm. in a safe place right right where the so, girls aren't mm-hmm. hearing yeah 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 that's Terrific. It's been it's been good and a, a safe place, right? Our voices are going to crack. Let's make them crack all together right now. Come on, and we just have fun with our voices, and we have competitions. Who can sing the highest? Who can sing the lowest? And we got basses that can you know falsetto way up in the air, and um, and guys are like, Mr. Cummings, I think I got a new low note, and let me let me hear it. Okay, and and, and so they're having fun through the process rather than fearing the process. And, yeah, or being threatened by yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have yeah. some some uh, example of a, a a boy or I don't care so, yeah. somebody that came in and v- was real shy or something and then they became a megastar or uh, or, megastar. or, or, so, or so, some uh, uh, some real success story. Of, um, well, we could talk about I want to talk about Matt. Yeah, I was just going to say we could talk about Matt. Um he came in well he's a senior now, but he came in as a very shy, quiet um, kid, mm-hmm. um, and just choir just opened up. I mean, his mom is still to this day. I cannot believe the transformation in Matt. And he he also stuttered. Yeah. And but when he sang, he didn't stutter. And through the singing, he's he's become so confident, mm-hmm. and he's a smart kid. And he just he's done band and choir all the way through, and he's a great musician, and now a confident singer and. I yeah, he wants I went to through the yes, he's going to go on and I think instrumental music yeah. ed, but yeah, it's, it's a good a good fit for him. It is, and but just the confidence of of having a place to be and to be successful and yeah, I think Esquire was great for him. Yeah, I think yeah. you know you, you know this too. You're a part of a choir and you're willing to do things with your neighbors that you may not be willing to do by yourself, and you're willing to do things in a group of guys that you may not be willing because every it's like a positive peer pressure mm-hmm. right? there's strength in numbers yeah, yeah, yeah and so guys, everybody else is doing it and so i think they get used to kind of putting themselves out there and and they're doing it with everyone else that it, it kind of feeds these good habits of of leadership and um it's it's a neat place to be so how, how do you so you have this one boy come in in sixth grade and he works his way through your system how do you keep track of that one boy okay he's a soprano today and uh, you know th- th- and of, of course sure. i say that completely knowing that it's a bit of a crapshoot yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah I mean, right. we're all we're all trying well, but it, you, I'm, I'm sure the savvy teacher you are you've got some way of you know keeping your your finger or or recognizing it how to recognize well it. there's a couple of things one i'll just say right now i haven't done a great job of doing that it's mostly by 
um, um, hearing them talk, you know, greeting them at the door or Mr. Cummings, you know, having that relationship like, this is kind of hurting a little bit to stay up here and I'll hear him sing again like, okay, your new seat is now in the bass section mm-hmm. or you're, you're going to move over. And, and, and so I think every day I'm also, I'm walking through the choirs. I'm listening to their voices individually as they sight read or as they're warming up. Um, so there's always this, uh, this ear that, that's monitoring how they do and where they are. That's at. so important. Get out from behind the piano and yep. walk amongst them. Get yeah. in there and know. Yeah, that's how you're going to know yeah. each individual kid what they're doing is if yeah. you're in amongst them. And, it, I mean, it's so clear just from talking to you this little bit of time that you've developed a relationship with the kids that they feel safe talking to you yeah. and singing in, in, in front of you. Uh, that that's, that's kind of seems to be the... The, the theme of our conversation here is that they they have to feel safe first. Yeah. The, yeah. They, they, they have to be taken to a place where they're like, okay, I will do this now. Yeah, a so, safe place. And then uh, if, if you don't have their hearts, you'll never have their voices. And I think that's, that's true. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, somehow you gotta. It's it's singing is such a personal thing. Yeah, that there is there is an inherent more uh, human connection to that. That it, if it's not there, I don't see how it could be yeah. successful. If there isn't yeah. some kind of love in the room or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we sure. we uh, started out talking about your college years, both of you together. Let's and. Let's take you back to you're going to talk to that young man at Wheaton College, and what mm-hmm. would be the advice that you give him, you now, to that young man at Wheaton College? Yeah, I can remember someone early on saying, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. And I didn't know what that meant at the <laughs> time. And I, I think for a good portion of my early career, I was more concerned about the music than the musician. I was more concerned about I, I we're going to make a great performance and 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 n- not necessarily valuing the kids who are in front of me. And I think more recently I'm learning to say every kid in my choir is so important. You guys are you you have intrinsic value in yourselves and you're beautiful people. And how can we how can we do something together? Um, so I, it, it's hard because you come out of college and you've got, this is how I do a rehearsal plan, and you've, you've, you, you've got a concert, and you think if you have a horrible concert, people are going to think that you're such a bad person. Um, or, I don't know. So it's, it, you want both. You want to have the relationship and a great choral performance. Um, yeah, the, and, it's, I, and it's balancing that. Yeah, it, it sure is. Because yeah. I mean, uh, any conductor that says that they don't have an ego is a liar. Yeah. So, they, you know, they, they want to have, we want to yeah. have a good concert, but we yeah. want the process there yes. to be the same. And I, yeah, I, I, I'm along with you. When I first started out, I was like, yeah, the concert's got to be great. Yeah. The, the concert's got to be great. And yeah. the, 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 I, now I, I, I get more, much more uh, uh, wound up about rehearsals yes. than, I, than I do about the, yeah, the concert. The okay, great. The yeah, journey, the concert's it's, great. It's, it's the journey, right? Right. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think another thing we, we have realized um, through the gentle suggestions from other people was that um, simple can be better. Like, oh, yeah. Yep. You know, we are like, oh, our, 
our honors choir, they're doing a four-part blah, 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 you know? Ooh, mm-hmm. you know, but, and okay, the pitches were great and the vowels were great, and the, but where was the spirit of the piece? Like, yeah. where was the interpretation and the musicianship? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we nailed it, but was it something that moved the audience? Was yeah. it something that... Or moved that, the choir. Did the yes, choir understand it? Right, or were yeah. we just all so, like, on, like, oh my goodness, are we going to survive this? Yes, we did. And mm-hmm. so I feel like over the years, we've we've also thought, you know can we tell the story? Can we, we can do a two part or a three part and are the kids with it? And are they sharing something and are they understanding it themselves? I, I think. And uh, enjoying it. Yeah. Themselves. And enjoying yeah. it. Right. Nor- and what so, did we learn from Norma Freeman, take the listener to another time and another place. So as a young teacher, I, I, now, now it's like uh, all the pitches, rhythms, memory. I want, like, I want that done like two weeks before the concert. And then the last two weeks, we're going to play. We're going to act. We're going to be crazy. We're going to draw pictures about the story. We're going to act. At, we're going to make a scene in front. You, you guys are going to just, you guys are, are going to be such artists when you perform this. Because no one, pays to, no one pays to come to a concert just to listen to you. They, they want to see you give of yourselves and tell the story and do it as a whole bunch of people as one team. Right, so. exactly, and uh, you know, this, this, you you actually just hit one of my big calling cards. People come to a concert to see you. Yeah, not they could stay at home and listen on the radio. If yeah, they, you you and in this age of, you know, everything is visual in yeah. front of us. There needs to be a visual stimulus. You know, the band yeah. and the orchestra. It's exciting to watch them play. Yeah, but for us to just stand on the risers and sing, I don't think it cuts we, it anymore. We and get it words. certainly doesn't make the best music. We get words. We get uh, poetry. And, and we get to use our faces and our bodies to, to tell the story. And the orchestra and band doesn't get that. No. So, and they do their thing so well. And th- this is one thing that sets us apart is we use our human voice, we use our bodies, we use our spirit to make connections with our audience. And I think that's something that, that might, is probably missing in a lot of choral performances where we tell our kids, stand still, stand tall, put your hands below your waist. And behave okay. yourself. Now, and, <laughs> oh, and don't forget to smile when you sing. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Just an empty yeah, smile. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So, and what, you, what you're talking about now is building artistry and creating yes. artists and not just singers. Yeah. Which, getting back to the whole middle school thing, they can do it. Yeah. Sure. They, they, they can it. do it. I, I think to encourage any music ed person who's thinking about middle school and being like, I don't know, you can make great music mm-hmm. with middle schoolers. In fact, yep. in some ways, they will go further than a high school student will. Yeah. In some ways, I think mother once Ashley said, "Don't you think they're overacting a little bit?" I said, "Yeah, they are, but in a performance, they'll come back about twenty percent of what they just gave because they'll be a little bit nervous and they'll be just right." But yeah, they'll they'll. But they're more willing to take risks. Yeah. I think in some ways, they're just a little more free still. That's I think it's still part of that child. That's still no, the in child them. is still yeah, there. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. And by high school, they get a little more sophisticated, right? But, I mean, mm-hmm. you can do great things with high schoolers, but it's just a little bit of a different spirit. Yeah. But, like, with middle schoolers, you can make great music. Mm. Yeah. I love, I love yeah. hearing that. I love because children 
children sometimes should rule the world, <laughs> yeah. I think, and we're, yeah. we're setting up, up for that. I really hope I have the opportunity to come up and hear your choir sometime. It sounds oh, yeah. fantastic, and Lynn has told me so much about you and uh, what's going on. Thank you so much, James and Ashley, for coming by and listening and being part of our little show here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This is Jonathan Babcock. Thank you for listening to Texas State Choirs today, and we will be back with you on our next episode. Thanks. This has been Texas State Choirs Today, the podcast for all things choir at Texas State. Our show's producer is Francis Nieves, our audio engineer is Ian Flores, and Mark Erickson is our media consultant. Thank you so much. This is Jonathan Babcock, and remember to always keep singing. Be Lord,